Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Tools and Tips series. Hello and welcome to Codish. I'm developer advocate Chris Castle, and this is the second part of our conversation with Claire Lee from Silicon Valley Bank. Something she's passionate about and puts a lot of her energy toward is supporting women and other underrepresented people who want to start a company. Yeah, I mean, so representation, I think, is an economic imperative. I don't think this is a pet project or a pink project or anything really to do with gender. I can't help but look at it from an economic standpoint. Jobs and, and wealth creation, when you think about the US domestic market as well, the more diversity we have in that group, the stronger I think the companies that are being built and, and funded. Yeah. You know, there was a really great piece of work done very recently in conjunction with the National Venture Capital Association, mm-hmm. the Candle Institute, and they have a fantastic paper. If anyone wants to, you can just Google it, find it online. It cites that, you know, 60% of these companies, you know, that are on average, I think, employing over 1,200 people and they're worth collectively almost $250 billion, Hmm. um, aggregate valuations, you know, 60% were founded by immigrants. And Mm -hmm. these are, you know, first generation immigrants. When you think about diversity and inclusion and DNI, as we know, is a hot topic. It's maybe the CSR of our time, yeah, right. right? Corporate social responsibility. That's something we I kind of would grow up with. This seems to be like the CSR of, of our generation. It's there's a lot of talk. There's some action. There's some programs. There's some meaningful interventions yeah but then we're not moving fast enough when you say moving fast enough you mean increasing the amount of diversity to better represent the world or better represent the the community yeah i mean going back to what we were saying earlier about trust and transparency and how attractive is your brand who represents you and who you know your people are your biggest asset yeah and therefore if you're going to have a similar group of people who just you know they will look like each other talk like each other think like each other you won't have your ideas challenged the same Mm -hmm. way that you would if you had a very diverse group of people from very different backgrounds yeah and that's true for ethnicity and nationality and race gender educational background and level all Mm -hmm. of the above right because you know we are all different but we're strikingly similar at the same time and so giving humans you know the ability to fulfill their potential in whatever way you know they require it is super important and i'm trying to really grow access for all of the different constituents out there and democratize access to this industry as a whole mm-hmm. and and that means that more venture capital needs to go to female founders more venture capital needs to go to founders of color more capital from LPs, limited partners, needs to be funneled into first-time fund managers, to female fund mm, managers, yeah. female first-time fund managers, right? fund managers of color. Yeah, so there's like layers of, there's it's not layers. just the companies we want to be diverse or the founders that we want to be more diverse, but it's those providing funds and 
ancillary services for those companies also. Right. I mean, you know, you peel back the layers of the onion. And I have a thesis when I think about, you know, this to me jumped out as being what I call a single digit club. Mm -hmm. Less than 10% of the general partners at the top VC firms that are deploying the majority of the capital Mm -hmm. in the US and probably around the world are female. And the diversity in that constituency is not great right now, although it's improved mm-hmm. and it continues to do so. And thanks to groups like All Rays and the Watermark Conference, which we've really gotten behind, it is shining more of a spotlight on it, but yeah. we don't actually have a lot of data. And when we do have gender disaggregated data, it mm-hmm. is actually very hard to find attribution and really understand what has moved the needle is it causation you know yeah versus correlation you know it's really hard to put your finger on what works what doesn't so you have to have multiple efforts yep. and that's why you know i'm really applauding startups that come out and try to attack for instance bias in ai when it comes to recruiting yeah are you know really interesting solutions when you think about your workforce how do you really get to know your employee as an individual without of course getting into issues around privacy and you know data protection but again giving everybody a fair shot and an equal playing field that really you know looks at the skills whether you're a technical co-founder or non-technical and so bringing those together i think is really important but the single digit club when you think about these constituents whether it's two percent of you know venture capital globally went to female founders or at least a startup with at least one female co-founder. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at our startup outlook report from February, the data also confirmed to me the third leg of this stool, if you like, which is how many women are in positions, senior executive positions at the most significant corporations. Mm-hmm. And so that number is still shockingly low. And actually, when you look at women in the boardroom, it's declined in in the Mm. last five years. So I think we're making progress in some areas. But when I think about the three legs on this stool, it's hard for me to feel really anything less than slightly disappointed, verging on depressed some days when you look at the data and you say, right, 2% or, you know, 7 to 9% GPEs, okay, and we're making progress. But when you look into the boardroom, and more importantly, what the startups today are choosing to do with the venture capital and the funding they're securing and who they're they're hiring to run the company and in a lot of cases i have to say you end up with a male found all male founding team mm-hmm. a lot of the time all white male founding team yeah and then they go on to hire the next 10 and a lot of them are really talented women and so you end up having a woman in a supporting role again yeah as chief operating officer yep and guess what? That means I'm playing second fiddle in the orchestra and you're right. playing the solo. Yeah. So not just the credit you get, but you get the bulk of the wealth that's generated from a successful endeavor. And therefore you go on to deploy that wealth. And so really to me, it's about getting greater access, but more importantly, how do you give those companies a really good shot at success Yeah. such that the wealth ends up in you know the pockets of others besides just white males yeah and that's something that Ella Vest and Sally Korczak is obviously working at yeah along with you know all race and Alice and 
a range of companies that we're really pleased to support, Astia Global and other groups. So and Startup Grind, who have a fantastic resource called VC Corner. We just featured the female VC from Baidu Ventures on our last VC Corner. So again, you have to take action. And, you know, to quote Michelle Obama, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Yeah. What are things we, like the existing, the establishment, can do to lower barriers for diverse people to work with us? To be my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, female bosses rock. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. So first of all, think about it with the lens of geography. Yeah. So what's fascinating is watching, again, you think about the directionality of you know capital. And Silicon Valley is a fantastic proxy for how venture capital is deployed globally. Yeah, it's like so a little petri dish. <laughs> it really is, right. And it's got the intersection of everything I talked about earlier right there. And it's highly concentrated, right? So that's both great, positive, and also, I guess, it's hard to penetrate. You can't just get off the plane at SFO yep. and go knock on doors of VCs in San right. Francisco or Sand Hill Road. Yeah. So to your point, you got to build like an access network and greater allyship, I guess is a good word. You talked about it, advocacy, right, evangelism within a network from day one mm -hmm. without having the outcome as, oh, I'm going to raise a huge check from Kleiner Perkins or Sequoia or Benchmark or, you know, whoever. Yeah. It's incumbent on you to be extremely tenacious and resourceful yeah. from day one yeah. without really pitching anything. Yeah. And so this mentality, and Techstars is very good at this, they really help founders understand how to give first. And it's a very solid thesis, and it's part of their philosophy and their operating model, actually. And if you give first, and you're resourceful, and you have genuine connections, authentic relationships, when it comes time for you to say, actually, I need help with you know, dot, 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 that will hopefully show up as good karma. Yeah. But as I said, it's concentrated... The capital invested in, in the US, 75% of all the US venture capital actually is in four cities, yeah. in three states. <laughs> and that's Boston, New York, Los Angeles, and SF Bay Area. Mm -hmm. So I guess to quote you know, what you were saying earlier, is one thing that I need to go to the Valley or to one of those four cities to raise money? I don't think the answer is yes, because entrepreneurship is everywhere. But when you think about access to the mentors and you know those people who are funding businesses potentially it They're is something you've got to really look at but yeah. you've got to research this like everything else but the ability to raise pre-seed seed and even series a is becoming i think harder so the, the gap actually between you know the haves and the have-nots is widening yeah. big difference between obviously serial entrepreneurs repeat founders versus first-time founders yeah but again what's the one huge advantage you would have if you for instance left a company tomorrow decided to start a company it would be the fact that you can say oh hey i'll call claire at svb and see how she's gonna advise me right and then i would introduce you to more people yeah mentors advisors potential board members yeah potential customers to trial your product right that makes a very big difference secondly i think you know svb we're lucky because as i said we get to look to work with the pre-series a companies in my team and then you know help them scale so 60% of all the U.S. venture capital-backed companies that IPO'd in 2018 are clients of Silicon Valley Bank. Huh. We're seeing, wow. yeah, we're seeing a lot of really interesting insights here. But 
One thing that came up recently, which is fascinating, is around this release of talent. And so when you see these unicorns that are IPOing, they got going public. Yeah, so that so might many, mean there's so many that are have happened in the past six months and are coming too. Yeah, right? there's a lot coming. I mean, yeah. Stitch Fix being one of them, a fantastic yeah. example of a female founder and CEO who built that business continues to drive enterprise value. Yeah. But I'm actually optimistic that we'll see a bump in new company formation in some of the hottest sectors like AI, robotics, you know, ML and, and you know, cannabis and cryptocurrency, et cetera, yeah. the others. And even in angel investing, as we see these companies go public and then people obviously choose to move on and do something yeah, new. With their newfound wealth. Right, exactly. Yeah. And when you couple that with what you and I spoke about earlier that I think there's a generation as well, a younger generation who are more curious or, I mean, maybe they are less risk averse or something as well, but they're also less wedded to these big brands. Mm -hmm. I mean, it manifests in different ways. For instance, the rental economy, right? The, yeah, the right. on-demand economy, the fact that right. they don't buy and own cars. Yeah. Time sharing of things, I guess. Renting your cars, furniture, house, renting yeah. absolutely everything. Yeah. So. I do feel like when you look at those kind of macro dynamics and these trends that we're seeing, it sets the scene for a really interesting next five years in tech. Yeah. Because you'll yep. probably see, I hope, more inclusion, diversity, and representation in the generation of startup entrepreneurs and founders in the coming decade. Yeah. As a result of some of these things that have, you know, been the foundations for the last ten years. Right. Yeah, the consumers of the existing startups that are IPOing in the next five years are going to go on to be the founders of new startups. Correct. Um, so the ones that were... The uh, other thing is I think we're seeing a much larger international representation in the U.S. as well. We've always been a country of immigrants, as I said earlier. Yeah. But 40% of the companies in Y Combinator's latest cohort came from outside the U.S. Yep. And we're also seeing programs like Stripe Atlas... Yeah. Having a real impact and, as I said, really democratizing that access yep. to company formation. And so if you want us to incorporate and get a Delaware C Corp, an EIN, and a bank account from Silicon Valley Bank quickly and easily, Stripe Atlas is one of the ways to do that. And that's globally Yeah. if you're an e-commerce company. So yeah. there's some really great solutions and innovations that have appeared on the landscape in the last few years. So I'm optimistic it's going to get easier. Yeah, that's cool. So there's tools, right? Like um, how do you make it easier for people that want to start companies using various tools they need to build a product or build a company or create the legal entity or whatever it is. And then there's also like guidance, coaching, mentorship, things like that, which I guess can come from networking like you were talking about earlier. I don't know, I just I feel like mentorship and coaching can be such a powerful thing. Like Google is so easy now, right? Like I can find Stripe Atlas or I can find different ways to get templates for legal documents that maybe I need for incorporation of a company. But I always have found it harder and I think many people find it harder to find someone who's been there to kind of help them or to explain the ropes to them. Um, do you know of any like resources there, events, meetup groups or things like that where People can, I guess initially, there's probably people out there that are like, what is it like to be a startup founder? I have no idea if I want to do it, but I, I kind of think it sounds interesting. How do I find out what it's like? I think if you travel to Antarctica and it's hard and lonely, that yeah. would probably be right. similar. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it is truth, extraordinarily right? says that hard. Like, 
being a startup founder or CEO seems like such a public position, but you hear from so many people that it's a really lonely thing to be a, a startup founder. Yeah, I mean, look, it takes eight, 10 years. Yeah. That's a serious gestation period for anybody. Yeah. I'm really proud of some of the clients that, you know, we've worked with and others like that came out of Astia Global, to, you mm-hmm. know, one of these great resources for female co-founders, Astia, a lady called Serbi Sarna, who I met eight years ago, actually, when I first moved to the Bay Area with mm-hmm. Microsoft. And she started Envision Medical, which is early detection of ovarian cancer. Okay. And it's a device. She really struggled to raise money. Yeah. And, you know, even despite interventions and introductions, I think yeah. she continued to struggle to raise money. And then I believe was acquired by Boston Scientific or Boston Medical in 2018 for, you know, north of $200 million. Mm. So amazing and rare. Yeah. Right. So yeah. not everybody is going to have that outcome. In fact, I think the, the large majority in the next decade will probably see embracing alternative methods of financing, one of them, of course, being debt finance, which is what right. we do. Yeah. And we, you know, as I said, SBB pioneered this category of venture debt, which is putting you know, debt beside the equity because equity is actually really expensive capital when you think about yeah. you know, going out and doing your product development and your prototyping and acquiring your clients and your employees and building the infrastructure. So. Our goal is really, you know, twofold. We're trying to reduce the cost of formation and operation, and then we're trying to increase your probability and accelerate your trajectory of success with the access to customers and really helping you grow your company faster and cheaper than you would, and hence mitigate the risk of going out of business. But look, I think it's not for everybody. So just to realize some of the (laughs) partnerships, I've mentioned some of them before, but you know, apparently going through a name brand accelerator does increase your likelihood of raising a Series A round in the US. So think about that. Yep. There's been a really great evolution of the likes of, you know, Techstars, Y Combinator, another one I love in the Bay Area, Stanford, it's actually a 501c3. They don't take equity and that is StarTex. Hmm. So if you have any affiliation with Stanford, you can apply for that. It's a fantastic accelerator. And then you have a lot of other fantastic vertical accelerators and incubators and that's an increasing trend we're seeing so again if you have a consumer idea then you might want to go and hang out with others who have a consumer startup okay because that kind of builds in relevance yeah okay second i think when you think about access to capital again you don't have to go seeking equity from day one Mm -hmm. there are really clever ways to do it you know you can as i said open an account with svb you can incorporate using stripe atlas there's credit card offerings and ways to um, grow really quite sensibly in the first few years and then go and look at you know burn rate calculators from our friends at LTSC they have runway.io and captable.io then there's Carta and you know formerly eShares there's there's a lot of great companies who are really good at what they're doing if it's either a functional area that they've just really nailed it like Trinet and HR or Gusto and then you've got obviously dev tools, as we know, and platforms, yeah. which help with distribution and you know customer acquisition. But the mentors and the people you surround yourself with from day one, hopefully are going to be people who absolutely believe in you. Yeah. Use their Rolodex very actively to help you and you know identify things early on that just don't work. So 
taking advice is really tough. Yeah. You need to understand which pieces of it you want to acknowledge and address and which right. you want to ignore right. and just stay true to yourself and stick to your guns and get on with it. Yeah. So I think that's the tricky part yeah. is really deciphering advice which is, is cheap, valuable. Right? Yeah, it's easy for me to give my opinion and my advice, right? And you have to figure out who's to take because very often it's conflicting. Yeah, yeah. probably the best way to success is to fail frequently <laughs> yeah. and then not fail one day. And, yeah. and that's usually how these things are created yeah. through a lot of hard work and failure. Right. And I think it was Churchill who said, you know, success is going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm, Yeah. which is actually true. Yeah. And that goes for all of us. I suppose. Yeah. It seems like humans learn the most from failure, not from yeah. big successes or constant success. Or well, frequent this is success. It. If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not learning, you're probably not going to succeed. So yeah. it's ironic. Yeah. It it's is. painful. It's painful, right? Yeah. But it's the requirement of life and different pieces of life. Yes. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, is there anything that you would like to leave with our, our audience here about starting a company or ways to maybe start a company or, or things to think about to make it easier for others to start a company? Yeah. I mean, just if you have an idea, you're really passionate about it and you're solving a real quote problem yeah but if you are absolutely compelled to do something about it you can't sleep at night because you think everyone else who's trying to solve that problem is an idiot yeah then think about who you could go do this with yeah. and by the way companies with three co-founders the data shows us that they're more successful it is tough being a solo founder but people yeah. do it yeah if you really want to do it, you're thinking about it and you're you know, sick at the thought of not doing it because no one else is doing it right, just go do it. Yeah. Two, go and find the amazing resources in your you know, town, city, village, wherever. Right. And then in the virtual world, there is a lot of access to resources right. online. Even the, like I mentioned to you, the Estonia e-residency program, which is something I just found last night, which provides a, a framework for people to start companies in the EU without even living there. Yeah, digital I mean, the, the, yeah. these digital... There's so much out there. Exactly. The digital communities are fantastic. And you've got this combo of online and offline, you know, this kind of omni-channel approach to everything now. So yeah. Startup Grind is another great community. They're global. Um, as I said, Techstars is global. Another great group is Endeavor Global. That's for companies who are maybe slightly uh, more mature. But again... There are so many institutions, organizations, industry groups. You have expertise in, you know, for instance, the legal channel as well with yeah. law firms, you know, from Arik and Gunderson and Cooley and, and Wilmer Hale and all these other firms. Plus, you now have a new company called Atrium, founded by Justin Kahn, who, again, trying to provide access to legal expertise for companies in a cost-effective manner, but yeah. in a way that helps them avoid the common mistakes and pitfalls yeah. that others have yeah. experienced before. So it sounds like the guidance is don't be shy and just get out there and search and connect with people, talk with people, find resources online. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put... Can't, you can't I'm, do it alone. I, you you cannot do it alone. A co-founder and other, other people and companies to help Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't reinforce enough how really you just have to surround yourself with energy you know people who believe in in you yeah. not necessarily your product or your idea because right. that might fail and you might have to pivot about 10 times before you get yeah, it right yeah, right but they need to believe in you and i think surrounding yourself with people who can really you know 
get stuff done is very important. But yeah. um, I'm going to butcher this phrase, but the, the, <laughs> the quote from, I think it was Mark Twain, he said, you know, you regret the things you don't do, not yep. the things that you do. And, right. and I think that is a fantastic phrase for Startup Landia. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's leave it at that. Thanks very much, Claire, for joining us for this episode of Codish. You're welcome. It was fun. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.